Hey guys, welcome this morning to our Elliott Campus online service. So glad that you guys are joining us this morning. You may have noticed that we started a new schedule, including multiple services here for the summer. So we're really excited about that. So wherever you're joining us from, uh, thank you for giving us your time this morning. A couple other things affected by the summer schedule um, are our student ministries, small groups for our middle schoolers. Uh, those times are changing. So parents, if you have, haven't checked your email in a little bit, um, look for that, look for those new times. And also we're adding some groups for our power kids as well. So that's super exciting here going into the summer, trying to make the most of what we're doing and would love to get you connected to that. So now more than ever, as things are changing fast, it's a good time to reach out and get connected. So if you need help getting connected, if you need to check in with your group and see what they're doing, um, you can visit us on our website and find any information that you need there. Uh, you can download our app by searching Grace Ohio in the App Store. Um, and you can also reach out to us on any of our social media platforms as well. So if you've been looking to get connected or you're newer with us, um, even just the first time this morning, now more than ever is the best time to get connected. And we would love to help you do that. One last thing I wanna let you know about is this Tuesday at 7 p.m., we're actually gonna have a town hall meeting over Zoom. So be checking your emails, reach out to us. We wanna get you that information. We have some really important stuff we're gonna talk about as far as next steps for our campus. So Pastor Ryan's actually gonna talk about that a little more in detail here a little later on. But thank you guys so much again for joining us. We're gonna kick things off together with some music this morning.
welcome today. Thanks for tuning in. I'm excited to be with you this morning and excited to have a great conversation about God and His Word. Uh, if we've never met before, my name's Ryan. I'm the campus pastor here at our Ellet campus. And I'm just excited to continue to walk into some conversations we've been having here for a while. Uh, but before we do that, want to mention something that Pastor Aaron was talking about just a minute ago about our town hall that's coming up on Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. Uh, we'd love to have you come out for that and uh, zoom in. We'll have a video conversation. And as you know, things are changing rapidly in our culture right now. The response to the coronavirus is changing rapidly. And so our response here as a church is continuing to change rapidly as well. And we want to start to have some conversations about what that's going to look like for our campus specifically. Uh, if you're a part of our campus, you know that we typically meet at Springfield High School, which is closed right now. So, of course, that creates a little bit of complexity for us. We're going to talk about how we're going to address that and how to walk into that, at least as far as our, our first couple steps into reopening. So make sure to come out to that if you can and uh, bring your questions with you. We'd love just to see your face and have a conversation and uh, connect that way. Well, we've been in a series here for the last handful of weeks, all through a book of the Bible called First Thessalonians, loaded with hope and encouragement, and actually some vision for the future about what's going to happen as, as things kind of wrap up towards the end of time. You know, we're going to dive into some of those aspects here in the next handful of weeks. But that's what we've been talking about as a leader in the early church, Paul, is interacting with this church he helped to start. And they're in a situation where they're separated from each other, where they miss one another. And the only way that they could connect together was to write letters back and forth and to kind of send delegates to go visit and report back how things were going. And that's the scenario that this book of the Bible was written in. That's kind of the context of it. And one of the things I love about how the Bible works is it's always speaking in ways that are relevant to us. Uh, I mean, I know certainly for me, for you as well, one of the most challenging parts about where we are today in kind of dealing with the coronavirus, of course, there's horrific tragedy, there's loss of life, uh, there's enormous amounts of confusion that we're all wrestling with and dealing with, uh, kind of challenging misinformation, trying to figure out what's real, what's true. But underneath all of that, as human beings, one of the most base needs that we have is to connect with each other, to be together, and that gap of not being able to see each other face-to-face -face is huge, and we feel it. Uh, we feel not being able to be with the people that we miss the most, that we care about deeply. I miss you. I know you miss each other. We miss being together physically, and that's the exact scenario. That, that gap in relationship in being together physically is the exact scenario that, that the Apostle Paul is talking about and kind of addressing in this book of the Bible 2,000 years ago. And so today we're going to kind of unpack that and look at what, what do we do when we're in a situation where there's a gap like that, when we can't be together, when we can't connect physically and gather together in the ways that we would like to gather together, how do we deal with that and can we draw some principles from God's Word as we continue to unpack this book of the Bible. So if you're just jumping in maybe for the first time today, I encourage you to catch up on our past conversations if you want. Grab those on our website or our social media sites, and uh, you can catch up there. So the Apostle Paul is going to kind of pray something for this church that I think is really powerful, and we're going to unpack this and some comments that he makes 
towards this church that he helped start and that he missed so dearly. Here's going to be one of the first ones. He says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, maybe if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn there uh, with us and read along. And I would just say this too, if you don't have a Bible yourself, let us know. We'll mail you one. Uh, we would love for you to be able to have a copy of God's Word, highlight in it, write in it, make it your own. But we're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 11, and here's what Paul says. He says, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. This is his prayer request. He's going to look at, at the situation where he wants to be with the church that he helped start. He misses his kind of brothers and sisters. He misses the, these people that he cares about so deeply. And his prayer is he's saying, and may, may God himself, may Jesus himself, who has all power and authority, may he clear the way for us to be able to see you and be with you kind of in your presence. That, that's something that is super important to him. Now, Paul's going to explain some of this in, in the letter. He goes on, and earlier in the, the chapter 2, verse 17 and 18, he says, uh, But brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, this is in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. Uh, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. He's saying, when we were separated from you, we wanted to be with you. We had an intense longing to see you. We tried to be together. We made plans to do that, uh, but it all was kind of challenged, and he would see kind of the work of the enemy in us not even being able to be together. And I just say this, certainly we long, I long to be with you. I know that's true of our team, our staff here, and our leaders. We, that's true of our lifers. We, we want to be together, and we look forward to the day that we can actually see each other face to face. And that's probably something we've taken for granted. I know I probably have. When I think about the, the ability for us just to freely gather, uh, to not have to worry about sickness, things like that, that's something that we've enjoyed our whole life, and now that that privilege has been limited and we feel that in a unique way. Paul's kind of in the same spot. He, he's saying, man, we, we wanted to be with you. We longed to, to see you. We've made all these efforts to connect to you. And so far that has been limited. And what's fascinating when you think about the church and God's people throughout all of time, they have navigated these kinds of scenarios before technology and the kind of things that we have available to us today. People have had to undergo, undergo persecution and famine and physical separation, not being able to be together. And all throughout time, there's some themes that show up among God's people. There's some unifiers that show up and connect God's people together. Uh, one of them here, I said in your notes, is that God's people have always longed to be together and they have been committed to each other in whatever form they could. 2,000 years ago, it looked like Paul writing a letter. And he would do that also in some other letters. He would even write from prison when he was separated from the churches that he wanted to be with. He just took advantage of whatever he had available to him. And that's obviously what we're doing today. That, that, that's why you're staying connected to, to our conversations here. That, that's why things are happening throughout our campus that you may or may not even know about. There, there's a team of people 
right now, the, the care team, they, they're putting together care packages for people who are working in our, our health field, people who are kind of trapped at home, some, some of the people in our congregation who are sick, and they're doing whatever they can to stay connected to one another, right? To, to remain committed to each other and to communicate the love of Christ kind of as a family to each other. There's life groups. If you're a part of life groups, you know that you, you gather together and what the form you use to do that is through video, right? And you see each other each week and it's not the same. It's not all that it could be if we were to gather physically, but we, we're taking advantage of the forms that we have available to us. I say it was deeply encouraging last week at our Mother's Day drive and to, to see a handful of you come through. Many of you kind of drove through and moms, you, you grabbed your gift and we got to look at each other and at least see each other face to face. That's an encouraging thing. Just to remain committed to each other, to see each other, to communicate, to stay connected. It, it's kind of what the family of God does. And that has been true 2,000 years ago. That has been true through disaster, and that's true today. And so if you're working hard at that, let me just commend you. It's difficult. It's not always natural. But your efforts to remain committed to the body of Christ, to continue kind of watching and staying connected online to, to these conversations, that that stuff all matters. And when the people of God have been inconvenienced and separated and things have been difficult, they've always worked to try to be together in whatever form that they could. So I just want to commend you for that. Uh, that that's a, an unnatural thing at times, but it certainly pays off. I love this next passage here where Paul begins to press forward in the prayer. He, he says this, he says, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. He says, God, make our love just explode. Make it increase and overflow, right? Make the thing explode so that, so that God's church continues to mirror the love of God in the world and people can see our love for one another and recognize that, that, that Jesus is the real deal and the things that Jesus said, his gospel message is the real thing. He says, I want to pray for that. And certainly, we want to lock on to that as a church. And this is a time where we need to fight for that. When we think of our brothers and sisters, our members of the body of Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus today, fighting to continue to love one another is vitally important. And here's why. I just recognize it. This week, I, I bumped into this all over the place. You probably did too. We are feeling a fatigue of responding to the situation that we've been in here for a while. We're feeling it. We're feeling overwhelmed. We're, we're, we're feeling uh, some uncertainty, a ton of uncertainty about how this is all going to roll out. We, we might be feeling some temporary hope that maybe things are getting better. But we're feeling stressed and there's misinformation and there's, there's stuff out there. No, nobody quite knows exactly what's going on and we feel the stress of that and we feel overwhelmed by that and it starts to hit us emotionally and it's showing up where? In our relationships with one another. It shows up by what we post online. It shows up in what we share, the kind of information that we reshare. 
And before you know it, the things that, that start to show up in our relationships and our connections and what we're talking about with one another aren't so much the love that we have for each other, but, but now it starts to show up about opinions and thoughts or theories about this, this situation that we all find ourselves in that if we were really honest, I don't think anybody totally has their head around it. Right? Can we just start by recognizing that? We're all trying to figure it out. None of us totally have a grasp on it. But can we listen to what Paul said and let our love for one another increase and overflow? No matter what we think about how the government is handling our situation, no matter what we think about if you should wear a mask or not, no matter what you think about a conspiracy theory, no matter what you think about how it's all rolling, can we look at one another and look at our, our differences and say, you know what, what unifies us is of much greater value. What unifies us is of, of a much more eternal purpose than any opinion or thought or theory about a situation that remains uh, not completely understood. And can I say that, that my, my connection to the body of Christ and my faith in Jesus and my authority with the word of God is going to hold much higher weight in, in how I define myself and how I behave publicly or privately than anything else that may be happening in this last two-month window. <clears throat> can we love each other that way? Can we look at our brothers and sisters and say, hey, we, we might agree to disagree about these situations, about politics, about policy, about how a government responds to something, even about what we think about what the virus is or does and say, you know what? You're my brother. You're my sister. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love you no matter what. I want the love of Jesus to overflow and increase in my life. Can we land there, right, with the body of Christ if you're a follower of Jesus? And then I love what he says next. He, he says, <clears throat> right, I, I want the love that we have for each other to, to increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. So we want the body of Jesus, the church, we want to love each other uh, if we're a part of that, certainly, like we just described. And we want to take that love that's overflowing and increasing in us, and we want to see that pour out into the people around us that we're interacting with. And we all recognize probably those are, there's fewer interactions that we have publicly than we used to have. But boy, we're still interacting with people on a regular basis. I got to tell you this story. It was so fun last week. So we did this Mother's Day drive-in. Some of you came out to that. It was a blast. And uh, we had some extra flowers and gift bags left over after the drive-in had wrapped up. And uh, we looked at each other and we said, some of the staff and volunteers that were there, we said, well, what do you, let, let's take these things and let's go give them to people. Like, let, let's go give them to moms out in our community. And so <clears throat> we kind of divided and it took some of the supplies and, and we went through dr fast food drive-ins and gave them to some moms. And we went to Giant Eagle parking lot and handed them out to Moms putting groceries away in their cars and, 
At first we were like, are they going to think this is weird and freaky? And I don't know, but, but we did it anyway. And, and we, we probably handed out 150 or 200 flowers and gifts to mom. And let me just tell you, it was one of my favorite things I have done in the last handful of years. It was such a blast. And to a person, everybody who did it said the exact same thing. We, we, we all said, man, it was so fun to watch a mom receive something unexpected, have joy in their eyes, say, really, this is for me? You, you thought of me? Oh, thank you, right? And kind of be blown away. And you might be one of those moms that, that looked us up and found us. Thanks so much. We would love to meet you and hear your story and maybe connect more. But that experience, the, the joy of watching someone else be encouraged, the joy of, of watching somebody else come to life, be, be kind of uh, amazed by love that just showed up, right, unrequested, no strings attached, we're not looking for anything. The love of God increasing and overflowing into someone else's life. Listen, if you need joy, you need encouragement, you, you, you need a, a burst of energy and, right, and kind of hope, go love somebody else like that. Put, put the news away. Put Fox away. Put CNN away. Shut off the social media for, for a handful of minutes or hours. And the next time you're interacting with somebody at the grocery store or you go through the drive-in for pickup, well, what if we took some time and we, we assembled some packages some small, thoughtful gifts, maybe a small gift card, some chapstick and some gum, whatever, right? Just, just some simple ways that we could put together an encouraging little gift. And we, we said, next time, we're just going to give that gift to somebody and make them feel loved. And, say he, and they say, why do you do it? Jesus loves me, right? He loves you. We just, just want to let you know we care about you as a family, as an individual, See what happens. What do we have to lose? Right? A couple bucks here and there. We're so committed to this that, that as a campus, if you're part of the Ellick campus, what we decided to do is we, we said, we, we want you to experience that same kind of joy that we got to experience on, on Mother's Day weekend. We're, we're actually going to mail you some flyers for our campus and for, to tell people where to find hope if they're looking for it. Those are going to be in your mailbox this week. And I would encourage you, if you make a little encouragement package, put one of those flyers in there so, so that folks can connect back and find hope if they want and share and show the love of Jesus. If you need more, if you're going gung-ho on this thing and you want to pass these out all over the place, let us know. Reach out to the campus. We'll get you a whole bunch more. But we, we want our love to increase and overflow. For our church body, certainly, unity is critical, right? It's so important. And we want that to overflow to everyone else, everybody else who we might walk into our natural path of life. Can we find ways for people to experience the love of Christ in us, in their lives, and bring them some, some hope and encouragement? It's fascinating how the church, when activated, when unified, gets outward focused and brings life and love and encouragement to its community. And I love this. This is what Paul was talking about. In this letter, one of the things that he says, and he comes back to over and over, 
is he talks about his affection for this group of people, right? Kind of the, the heart that he has, how proud he is of them. He, here's what he says. He says in uh, 2, 19 and 20, he says, for what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? He says, is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. He looks at Thessalonians, who he longs to see, and he says, listen, you, you are our crown. You're our joy. You're our hope. You're the thing that we're proud of. And when Paul, when Paul thinks about them, when, when he thinks about the future, and he thinks about standing in front of Jesus face to face, the thing that, that he's going to glory in, revel in, the thing that he's going to be excited about and have joy about is the people that he invested in for the kingdom while he was here on earth. The people who were affected by his love as it increased and overflowed into the lives of the people around him. He says, that's the good stuff. And you're, you are our joy. You know, that's how we feel here. You are our joy. Those, those moms that we got to share the love of Christ, if you're one of you, you're our joy. We've been praying for you, right? If you're part of the Ellet campus, you're our joy. You're our hope. We love you. We are thrilled to see your faith come alive and for the love of Jesus to increase and overflow in your life. Whether you're a student or you're a mom or you're somebody in the workforce, you're, you're in healthcare and you're on the front lines of this incredibly difficult time, wherever you are, you are active in your faith and you're the one who lives on our hearts and our minds. And I know that's true for many of you. Many of you who are trying to love the people around you, love in the church family, love in everyone else, what really gives you joy, what fires you up, is when other people's faith comes to life. When, when they're taking a second look at Jesus because they experienced his love and his encouragement, which is so unique, it's unlike anything else, it doesn't make any sense. Right? When, when people can begin to experience that, that fires so many of us up. For who, the, Those of us who say we're followers of Jesus, there's nothing that brings us greater hope and joy than watching people that we have love for find the same hope and the same joy that we've found. This is what Paul was saying here in this next passage. He says, for now we really live since you're standing firm in the Lord. When Paul wrote this letter and he was responding back as Timothy, his friend, his co-worker went and visited the Thessalonians. He came back to him and he says, Paul, man, they're standing firm. They're solid in their faith. They're doing great. And, and Paul says, oh, I'm so relieved. I'm so encouraged. Now we're really living, right? Now this is what life is really about. This is the stuff that fires you up. This is the stuff that fires me up. Let me just say, if you've been a part of the journey here at all at the Ellet campus for the last handful of months or maybe years, it's been an amazing journey, a difficult one at times sometimes challenging. But when I think about the amount of joy that I have had watching some of you come to know Jesus, some of you found your faith and your purpose 
your meaning in the last months or years as Jesus kind of invaded your life and loved you uniquely. That, that stuff brings me joy. That, that's the stuff that fires me up. When I think about, when I think about some of you who have been baptized at our campus, some, some of you have made big faith decisions. Some of you who've been watching online, you kick back and tell me the impact that God is making on your life during this time. That's the stuff that makes me really live. That's where real life is. There, there, there's no high, there, there's no, there, there's nothing that matches that kind of energy. Right? There, there's no cheap thrill that can come close to the joy that comes when watching somebody's life change, watching somebody be encouraged when they're living in a desert of discouragement. That's the stuff that makes us come alive. That's the stuff that we thrive on. I gotta tell you something my son said the other day, blew my mind, man. He's, he's 13 and I'm so proud of him. I'm just so proud of him, proud of who he's becoming. And uh, he said something about this season here with coronavirus and how it's all playing out. He said, he said, Dad, during this time, I'll tell you, he goes, I I'm losing my mind, but, but I'm finding my soul. You hear that? He said, I'm losing my mind, but I'm finding my soul. Oh, I can't tell you how many times that phrase has run through my mind. Is that just because it's my boy? It's because my boy, my son, is, is really beginning to stand firm in the Lord. It makes me really live. And it's exactly how it works when you tell me how God is working in your life. When you're standing firm in the Lord, when you're finding hope and joy in Him, when you're giving yourself to others, when you're fighting for unity, even though it's hard, that gives me joy. That gives the people around you joy. That fires your life group leaders up. That fires up the people that are laboring in prayer for you. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, I need to know this. Others benefit from my belief. Others benefit from my belief. My faith and your faith it is not just some private thing that we experience and practice. It, it, it's not like it doesn't have an effect on other people. When, when faith is firing, when belief is blossoming, what happens is there's a benefit, there's an effect on the people around us. That effect is explosive. When love is increasing and overflowing in my life and it's pouring out into yours, you benefit from that. When, when that's happening in your life, I benefit from that. When, when that's happening in all of us, our community benefits from that. There, there's people who are blessed by that. As those stories are multiplied, you'll never believe what somebody did to me. They, they gave me this gift, and I don't know why, the, the, a five, ten dollar gift card to Chipotle and some chapstick and some gum, and they told me about their church and they left. I don't even know their name. Why do they do that? Can you believe that? Have you ever heard of somebody doing that? Strange, but encouraging, right? And that becomes the story that's told. 
Instead of, hey, did you hear the death toll? Do you think the government's blah, blah, blah? What do you think about this decision? Oh, I can't. Are you wearing a mask? I don't The conversation changes. And now the focus, the focus is on the love, the supernatural, the radical love of Jesus showing up into my life in an unexpected way. What I'm saying, if you're here and you're part of our campus or you're just tuning in or you're checking things out, it's time to allow the love of Jesus to increase and overflow in our hearts, in our lives, and it needs to show up in our actions. If we're feeling division with one another, listen, we need to deal with that. Our response to a crisis that everybody's confused about will always be second to our unity in Christ, period. No conversation. Is it difficult? Is it confusing? Absolutely all day long. And my brother, my sister matters more. So we unify around that. We have to own that. If I've made second things, first things, I need to repent of that and put things in their rightful place. If there's division between my brothers and sisters, I need to begin to deal with that. I need to begin to get my heart around how to love people who are facing this thing differently than I am. They wear a mask, love them. They don't wear a mask, love them. They think everybody's crazy, love them. They don't think everybody's crazy, love them. Doesn't matter, right? Make the love of Jesus increase and overflow in our lives. If you're part of our church body, if you're a follower of Jesus, unity is not an option. It's an, it's a, it is a predetermined objective that Jesus has called us to. Unity is a non-negotiable. It's part of what it means to be in the body of Jesus. Right? We fight for that unity in the family. How do we do this? How do we respond this way? If I'm finding my attitudes as I'm looking at, at, at my being wrapped up in this crisis and my head is there, if division is showing up or I've hurt brothers and sisters, they you don't know, that, repent of it. If I need to make a phone call or shoot a text, let's do that, right? Let's walk and, and fight for unity. Some, some of us need to do that. Some of us need to shift our focus from being consumed by what's happening and begin to be consumed with the goal of how do we let our love show up and overflow and affect people. This week, what, what would happen if we just reached out to, to three to five people in our lives that we just want to check on? What would happen if, if we just made three to five encouragement packages and, and asked the Lord for the courage and asked the Lord to bless this effort and said, I'm going to give this to the next person I see who I don't know just because, just because I want to show them the love of Jesus. What would happen? Might that be fun? What if that was the adventure? What if we allowed our focus to shift away from the drama and the confusion of it all? Not saying we shouldn't be informed. We absolutely should. But love and unity in tangible actions should consume our attention and should consume how we're handling ourselves during this time.
Lastly, I'd say this. And if, if you're somebody who is just connecting with us, would you let us know? What well, we would love to have a conversation with you about faith. And maybe more importantly than anything, I, I want you to know we have been praying for you. And we're going to continue to pray for you because we believe that God is drawing you into a relationship with himself. Wherever you are, however you got connected to this conversation, it's not an accident. There's a God who loves you, gave his son to lay down his life for you, and he wants you to really live, to find the hope and the love and the joy that comes with being a follower of Jesus. We wrap up our time together. Would you consider those things? Would you put them into action? Whether it's taking that next step and letting yourself be known, whether it's dealing with your heart and, and admitting maybe thoughts of disunity, difficulty, and then putting into action and loving people, getting out of our comfort zone and letting the love of Christ overflow and increase in our lives. As we worship, would you consider those things, put them into action this week. Would you pray with me? Father, we say thank you uh, that you are always full and overflowing with love. It's endless. Lord, you, you never get bored. You never get too busy. You never get distracted, Lord. And, and your heart is never divided for us. You are always unified with your people. You love us and you fight for our hearts. And Lord, we ask that you would give us the same kind of love. You'd fill us with it. That our lives would be marked by it. And God, as we give ourselves away, help us to experience the kind of joy that you live in day in and day out. The joy of giving. The, the joy of being focused outward the joy of, of being a blessing to the people around us. God, would you give us courage to see higher, to unify on the central things, and to love the people all around us. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.
Jesus, we love you. This morning, help us to recognize that truth, that you are here with us, that you are the cornerstone, that you are the one that gives life and breath and everything else to us. Lord, in this, in this difficult season, it, it can be hard to have hope. It can be hard to have peace. It can be hard to be able to look forward to what's coming next because we don't really know what's coming next, Lord. So we ask that, that you give us that hope, that you give us that peace, that, that through everything we would find that not in our circumstances, not in our ability to, to choose the life that we want or make the life that we want. But ultimately, Lord, we pray that, that always we would find our peace and our hope and our joy in you. Help us this week to, to seek that from you, to ask that from you, and to, to trust that you'll be there when we need it. You're always there, Lord, and promise that to us. Give us courage. Open our hearts and minds to understand you more, to rely on you more as we go through our week this week. We love you. In your name.
Thanks for being with us this week. See you guys. <laughs>